Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Down the blind, Andrew John. Inside for Elba. Elba will score. Elba will score. Newcastle and won. G'day guys, welcome back to the Rugby League Guru Podcast. Going to go through our rapid review of round 23. We've only got four weeks left of the NRL season before the finals kick off. And that ladder, it is starting to take shape. Let's have a look at the way it stands right now. In first place, the Penny Panthers on 36 points. The Brisbane Broncos on 36 points in second place. 32 points, the New Zealand Warriors. They're in third place. In fourth place, the Melbourne Storm on 30 points. So your top four at the moment, Panthers, Broncos, New Zealand Warriors, and the Melbourne Storm. Now, the Melbourne Storm are on 30 competition points, same as the Canberra Raiders, but the Canberra Raiders obviously have their awful four and against a minus 74. They are in fifth place on 30 competition points. The resurgent Cronulla Sharks on 28 points in sixth place. The Newcastle Knights into seventh place. How bloody good on 27 points. And then the South Sydney Rabbitohs on 26 points this week. Now, uh, it's going to be very interesting the week coming because the Newcastle Knights play the Bulldogs, the South Sydney Rabbitohs play the Dragons, the Sharkies play the Titans. So I'm going to back 6th, 7th, and 8th to win their games this weekend. So very, very interesting. Got the Parramatta Eels who take on the Broncos in ninth place. The Cowboys have a draw. The Manly Seagulls in 11th take on the Penrith Panthers. And the Roosters play the Dolphins. So I think this week, if the Parramatta Eels lose to the Broncos, I think you'd actually start to see a bit of a gap put in this competition. And all of a sudden, we might have a good look at what uh, the top eight will look like. Take the Newcastle Knights, for example. If they win this weekend and Parramatta lose, uh, that will put them, you know, three points clear of Para. The Cowboys, they've obviously got the buy, so they will go up. So it'll, it'll sort of be a clear nine at the end of next week, I reckon. So very interesting times. But that is your top eight as it stands right now. 
Let's have a look at round 23. So we kicked off Thursday night with the Sydney Roosters taking on the Manly Seagulls. We did the live stream with Hello Sport. Uh, we uploaded some audio of that a little bit earlier this morning, if you'd like to go and have a listen to that. And we also uploaded the end bit of it uh, on Friday, I think it was, uh, which is the <laughs> really funny clip there. So if you are interested in that, go listen to myself, Timmy, uh, and then, of course, the Hello Sport boys, Tom and Eddie. It's a really, really good listen. Uh, now, this game. I didn't really know which way this one was going to go, to be honest with you. Um, I just, I don't know what, what you're going to get each week from these teams, and it continues. I mean, the Roosters, I thought they were pretty good in this game. Uh, I'm just, I'm not quite sure where Manly's at. Manly's had a pretty, pretty average few weeks. I think some referee decisions have saved them in different points. And realistically, I thought that for the vast majority of this game, the Roosters were by far and away uh, the better side. After 50-odd minutes, it was 20-0. Um, you know, the Manly Seagulls, they obviously struck back through Josh Schuster, a cracking try as well. Uh, and then they managed to get some tries late through Brad Parker and Kohler. Uh, but look, the Sydney Roosters, they were the better side on the day. Are the Roosters back? Jeez, oh, I, I don't think so, to be honest with you. I think they're pretty much out of finals contention now. I think they would have to win every single game without a doubt and have things go their way. And I'm just not convinced it's going to fall that way. So, uh, look, the Roosters, are they back? I do not know, to be honest with you guys. I, I don't know how to get a read on this side anymore. Uh, I thought Daniel Tupit was really good, scored two tries. He was everywhere. I thought Suwaliti looked really good as well. Um, a guy that obviously hasn't had a fantastic season, but I thought he did some really, really good things throughout this game. Joey Manu scored a great individual try, as did Billy Smith. Had a pretty good game. I thought Billy Smith uh, was very good with the ball in hand anyway. Uh, but, yeah, look, I... I'm not sure off the top of my head. I think the Roosters play the Dolphins next week. So that'll be an interesting one. I mean, if the Roosters probably need to do this for a couple of weeks for me to say they're back or anything like that. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I just I, I don't know what to say about these guys, to be completely honest with, with, with all of you. I just I don't know what they're going to be week to week. I thought our boy Wong was really good in this game, did some really good things, got through a heap of work, about 50-odd tackles. Uh, Lindsay Collins was great as well, you know. Same old story, got through a heap of work there. Uh, but, yeah, I just uh, – they're a really tough team to talk about because I don't know what to say because I just – I don't know what you're going to get week to week with the Sydney Roosters. Um, for Manly, I thought Olukawatu, he was probably one of their stronger players throughout the entire game. Brad Parker caught out a couple of times in defense. Obviously, the Joey Manu try he got done twice in that in that set, which is very unlike Bradley Parker. Ruben, Bar uh, Ruben Garrick, he just went about his work as per usual. Uh, they obviously lost Matty Lodge to the Manly Seagulls, which is a huge loss. I think it might have been Toa Sipley, who was carrying a bit of an injury after that as well. So, to lose Paseca, uh, you know, and, and a few a few other middles in a short amount of time really, really hurts uh, the Manly Seagulls. Nathan Brown, uh, he was obviously sent from the field in this one. I think he had the lowest Supercoach score we've ever seen. I think he finished on minus 18. So uh, pretty grim there for Nathan Brown. Uh, but the Roosters managed to hold on. And, yeah, I mean, it's sort of – I personally think it was the send-off that got the Seagulls back in it, which is fair play. Uh, but I think the Seagulls – Score lines over the last three weeks have probably um, probably masked just how poor they've been. So next week, without a heap of middles, it's going to be very, very interesting to see how they go up against the Penrith Panthers uh, Thursday night. Uh, I believe it's at Four Pines Park, which will help. Uh, but yeah, very interesting situation there. Oh, 
I'm nervous about that game, to be honest with you, for the Seagulls. I just I don't think they've been good for the last few weeks, and I think that some referee decisions and just scores have sort of blanketed their poor performances a little bit. Let's move to the early game Friday night. We had the Warriors 28 over the Titans 18. Um, a really interesting game. Mo for a wake sent from the field in this one. I probably didn't think it deserted a send-off, to be honest with you, especially when you compare it to other things that have happened over the weekend. I thought it was a pretty tough call. And I think it sort of decided this game, to be honest with you. I, I thought the Titans were really good. I thought they were looking fantastic sort of up until that point. And I even thought after that, geez, they held their own. 65 minutes they played uh, with 12 players in the field. They got beat by 10. And the Warriors scored two tries in the final 10 minutes. I mean... Pretty well done by the Gold Coast Titans. It was, um, you know, it was right down to the barrel towards the back end of the game. So plenty to take from it. If I'm a Titans fan, I think you should be very, very proud of your team. Um, as much as you didn't win the game, they showed nothing but ticker in this one. Uh, obviously, without AJ Brimson as well, that really hurt. But this Jaden Campbell, my God, he is just an absolute weapon, isn't he? Fafita did some fantastic things as well. But Jaden Campbell, he's just on another level. So Mo Fodder Waker, I doubt he will feature this weekend coming. You will get Tino back, so that's a real positive. I think Chris Randall was put on report as well. So we'll see how that plays out. But i got to tell you, I'm super excited to watch Jaden Campbell over the next few weeks. I just He is just so exciting to watch. That intercept he took, uh, unfortunately, he took, he, he took it off one of my boys in uh, Jackson Ford. But good God, just so entertaining. Uh, we tipped you in this game, Jackson Ford, to cross over. He, he was our bet of this game at $4. He crossed, so that was lovely. Uh, but the star of the show for the New Zealand Warriors, Sean Johnson. Uh, once once Mo Waker went, went from the field, then the Warriors started to get into their game, and that's when SJ was at his absolute best. Some of the, the the individual try score was sensational, but for me, the other one was better. The, the the cutout pass to DWZ, and then one of the great offloads I've ever seen. DWZ just the hand comes around the corner like the old Johnny Cartwright, and uh, finds uh, his halfback back on the inside. Incredible stuff. Torhu Harris scored a try late as well. Uh, got through a heap of work as he always does. Torhu, and we actually benched him in Supercoach this week, so that one turned out to be a little bit costly. But the New Zealand Warriors, um, what do you take from this game? You went up against a team that was down to 12 players for 65-odd minutes. You only won it towards the back end. You're also coming off a bye. So uh, you probably don't take a heap of positives out of this from the for the Wars. Uh, but, but to be honest with you, I don't put too many negatives on them. I will be waiting to see their performances over the next few weeks heading into finals. I'm not going to hang a hat on this one or anything. Uh, but I do think it should be noted just how courageous the Gold Coast Titans were. Uh, that once again, they had things go against them. They hung in this game against a top four side and a genuine top four side. So shout out to the Gold Coast Titans without Brimson, without Tino, with 12 players on the field. Fuck, you've got to give some credit to the Gold Coast Titans and how good they were in this one. But the Wars, they come home with a W here. Maratonair Corey also got Simbi in the 18th minute, uh, which I thought was a little bit over the top as well. I don't... Yeah, I don't know. That, that's not a sim bin for me, but I guess this is the uh, the day and age we're living in at the moment, unfortunately. Um, I mentioned him already, but I thought Jackson Ford was tremendous in this game. Got through a stack of work, did a heap of really good things. He was very, very impressive, Jackson Ford, having a fantastic season. I also thought the nine was tremendous, Wade Egan. Another guy, one of the most improved players in our competition. He just gets better every single week. I also thought Dylan Walker... 
When he came on the field, as per usual, his impact was sensational. Bombed a try at one point, uh, but as a guy that doesn't own Sean Johnson in Supercoach, I was sort of glad uh, that Dylan Walker made the wrong decision there and bombed that one. But uh, yeah, obviously, uh, Charnsingle clock start went down in this one, so a big loss for the Waz. Uh, so Taintor Picky was able to be activated, and I think you will see him next week. So Supercoach-wise, that will hurt a number of people out there. Uh, but yeah, I, I really like Torpiki. Um, oh, I thought he held his own the other night. I think he, he's probably not a regular first grader right now, but from watching him in Queensland Cup and everything, I think he has got a lot of ability and he is one to keep an eye on over the next couple of weeks. All right, we've got the Penrith Panthers in the next game, beat the Melbourne Storm 26 points to six. Um, I mean, what, what more is there to say about... This Panthers side, uh, Nathan Cleary was just in total control. His kicking game was amazing. Uh, I thought Jerome Luai was really good as well. I thought both the halves played fantastic games. Brian Toto was everywhere. Zach Hosking jumped into the centres, uh, threw some fantastic passes. He did some very, very impressive things. Um, I thought the Melbourne Storm matched it with them early. Uh, but, you know, the Penrith Panthers, like many other champion sides in the past, you know, they just start to cut you down slowly. And, uh, you know, their, their last two premierships... And what I predict will be their third premiership will be built on defense. And, you know, they showed it once again, coming up against the Melbourne Storm side. Granted, missing Jerome Hughes, missing Ryan Pappenhausen, I get it. Uh, but still a top four side, yeah. Missing a couple of guys, 100%. Penrith's not completely full strength either. Either that they're still missing a few guys, like Isaac Tungo, Spencer Lenu, these sort of guys. So, um, yeah, look, the Penrith Panthers just going about their work, doing what they do. They swap Stephen Crichton to left center and they move Zach Hosking to right center. And no one missed a beat. No one missed a beat whatsoever. I thought Isaiah Yo was great as well. Fuck, he's having a good season, Isaiah Yo. I know that it's, you know, what he does, we just expect that from him because that's what he does week in, week out. Uh, but he really is having a fantastic season and playing huge minutes, Isaiah Yo. Enormous minutes this season. Very, very impressive. Uh, for the Melbourne Storm, uh, I, uh, I don't know what to say. It's, uh, it's almost hard to get a read on these teams when they play the Penrith Panthers because it's just like, fuck, are they just too good? Harry Grant got through a lot of work. Uh, outside of that, I, I don't know. It's just, it's hard to compete. Um, for, for me, I would I would look at this and go, you know what, the Melbourne Storm, Ryan Pappenhausen returned via reserve grade, played a half, looked really good. I think he'll be back in first grade in the next two or three weeks and I just think he is the missing ingredient. He also went to Penrith to play Penrith without Jerome Hughes, which makes life very, very difficult. So I just don't think there's a heap to take out of this. If I'm the Melbourne Storm, I think you you put this one in the back pocket. You know where the bar is. You've always known where the bar is anyway, but you put this one in the back pocket, you remember it. In order to win a competition this year, Melbourne are going to have to beat beat this mob at some point, and they're going to have to play their absolute best game uh, in that moment to be able to compete with this side because they are just on another level at the moment. But no need for me to compliment the Penrith Panthers till the cows come home. We will do all of that on Bloke and a Bar a little bit later today. Super Saturday kicked off with the Brisbane Broncos, 30 points over the Cowboys, 14. Um, I'll be completely honest with you. I thought the Brisbane Broncos were 30 or 40 points better than the North Queensland Cowboys in this game. I thought they were the better side by far and away. And errors um, and just lack of concentration in different points kept the Cowboys in this game. I thought the Broncos were so much better than the Cows. It was not even funny. And you think about all the bombed opportunities the Broncos had. I think Piercura bombed to himself. There was one or two with Katoni. I mean, even the try that Reese Walsh scored, they bombed that one as well. It just happened to land in the arms of Reese Walsh. So... 
Brisbane, so many positives to take out of it, but their completion rate was so shit. They were set, they looked to be disorganized a lot and just weren't able to put that far, that last pass on the end of plays. And maybe that's the Adam Reynolds effect. Uh, but for me, I think if I'm Brisbane, I would sit there and go, you know what? We just played so far from the perfect game and we, we've absolutely given it to the Cowboys. This is the team that over the last few weeks, people have been saying, I think they can win the comp. I think they can push for a top four. They're the team you don't want to play come finals. The Brisbane Broncos have gone in there without their halfback and without playing overly well and have absolutely given it to them. And the scoreboard might say 16 points, but to me, it was a very, very dominant victory to the Brisbane Broncos. And I... I never really felt like the North Queensland Cowboys were in this game. It was a lot closer than what it should have been throughout the game. But I just never had any doubt that Brisbane was going to lose this game. Um, they just always felt like they were in control. Kyle Felt came back into first grade, did a couple of good things. So did uh, Valeme as well. and uh, he, he handed himself pretty well. Murray Tualangi, I like the look of him in the centres. Some positive things there. Helan Lukey scored a try late off a nice little Scotty drink water ball. Uh, but yeah, the Brisbane Broncos, they were the better side by far and away. What about Paddy Carrigan? Two tries all of a sudden out of nowhere. Incredible stuff. Uh, Reese Walsh finished a try. Selwyn Cobo, some nice things. Ezra Mam scored again. Probably should have scored another one as well. I thought Jock Madden had a mixed bag at times. Some of the kicks and stuff he went for in different moments is definitely not what Adam Reynolds would have done, but very hard to compare a guy to Adam Reynolds. But I just think having a guy like Jock Madden in your squad it's just so valuable that when things like this happen, you can still bring him in and you just sort of keep to your same system. So I thought Tony Staggs had a really good game as well. He did a number of very good things in this game. I, I don't want to jinx it, but I sort of feel like Katoni Staggs is starting to realise just how good Katoni Staggs can be, which is a scary, scary little thought. Uh, and Payne Haas, absolute fucking maniac. Just went about his work as he always does. He is just setting a standard um, that we essentially haven't seen before in rugby league for front row forwards. It is phenomenal what he's doing. It's it's just off the charts. And I know front rowers change and positions change over time, but honestly, the standard he is setting it, it, is, it is changing the front rowers game forever, and there is no doubt about that whatsoever in my mind. Call it hyperbolic, call it whatever you want. He is changing the game. Uh, the middle game, I love this game. I thought this one was so entertaining. The Newcastle Knights, 30 over the Dolphins, 28. I thoroughly enjoyed this one. This one seesawed. There was key moments. Key players stood up. Jermaine Asako had an absolute blinder for the Dolphins. He scored their first three tries, and he scored those three tries in a 10-minute period. He absolutely exploded Isako. Greg Marsh, was having a really, really tough afternoon. The Dolphins, they managed to get out to a pretty decent lead. They went in at halftime, 14-12. They missed a lot of their goals, but they were 14-6 at one point. But they were really on top. And Newcastle, there was a moment there when Newcastle got a Lachlan Fitzgibbon Simbin and Adam Elliott had to leave the field at the same time. And the momentum really turned. That was in the 22nd minute. And then Isako scored in the 23rd, the 26th, and the 31st. So that really turned this game on its head. And you know what? I was so happy to see Newcastle with their backs against the wall and on the back foot and having to deal with it. They lost Jacob Saifidi during this game, which also hurt their rotation, considering they were without Daniel Saifidi as well. And they just had to make 
it work. And I loved the way that Newcastle responded. KP obviously scored the first try. Kurt Mann came on, scored a pretty soft try at a dummy half. But you could just tell that entire set, Newcastle were always going to score. They started to turn the momentum. Came out in the second half. It was actually the Dolphins that crossed first to Fade. Scored. He almost passed it to James, J- Jermaine Asako as well. Thankfully, he just put the ball down to Fade. Another one that had a bit of a tough afternoon defensively. Uh, and then the Newcastle Knights clicked into gear. Jackson Hastings scoring a brilliant individual try. We love to see that. Phoenix Crossland. Wow, what a try that was. KP. Just electric. Shout out to Lockie Fitzgibbon. I know he got Simbin, but outside of that, Gigi did some nice things and he took some really tough carries throughout this game. And then finally, our boy Greg Mars, who he crossed late. Um, not to wrap this game up, because the Dolphins did get themselves back into it via Connolly Lemuelu. We did tip him to be a try scorer for you guys. So another $4 odds there, which we absolutely swallowed up. That was fantastic. Uh, but yeah, look, this game was all about KP and how he was going to stand up. And Jesus Christ, didn't he stand up? He obviously scored the first, then he set up Phoenix, he set up Greg. He did a couple of really, really nice things. He went off for a HIA late uh, and then did return uh, towards the back end of the game. But he was everywhere. I thought Hastings was really good as well. Uh, obviously a mate of ours, but I thought he played very, very well. And you know what? Credit to the Dolphins. Uh, a Newcastle Knights side that is red hot at the moment. They're in finals. They've got all their superstars and everything. Um, you know, and they really took it to them. And they uh, they sort of had to find different ways to attack Newcastle. And I thought they did a really good job. Considering the guys they're playing out of positions and new guys in their teams and everything, I think they're doing a great job, the Dolphins. So very unlucky. Uh, in typical Wayne Bennett fashion, he gave the media absolutely nothing after the game, which I thought was hilarious. But yeah, the Dolphins, I've had a couple, t- a couple of tough losses over the last few weeks, uh, losing by two and four points and whatnot. So um, not ideal, not ideal for the Finn, but it has still been a brilliant season and you've you got to respect what they did the other day. This one was over there in Perth. And it was the first of a double header, which we will get to in a moment. Just going through my notes. Anyone else from Newcastle that stood out to me? Oh, Dane Gagai. Jesus Christ. We traded him into our Supercoach team this week because we had a look at his stats and thought, how is he doing this? Got to watch him closely on the weekend. My God, he is just breaking tackles for fun. I'll tell you what, if you're not a Supercoach player or whatever, or you're not you know, a- as much of an intense rugby league watcher as I am, just watch Dane Gagai next week. Just keep an eye on how much work he gets through and how he just... he He's a bit like Hodges at the moment. He just beats the first defender every single time, and he is stacking up a wild amount of tackle breaks. Uh, Dane Gagai was unbelievable. Unbelievable again. We spoke about Lockie Fitzgibbon. I thought he had an absolute blinder. I also thought Leo Thompson did some really good things as well. Obviously, a couple of middles injured and whatnot. He came on and did well. And our boy, one of our favorites, Adam Elliott, uh, one of our favorite players in the comp, to be honest with you. Um, it was really good to see him. I'll be honest with you, for the standard that I set for Adam Elliott, I think he's had a reasonably quiet season. I know he's been injured and whatnot, but I thought this game you finally sort of started to see the guy that I always talk about in Adam Elliott. And I think he's going to have to have a big finish to the season um, because obviously you've got both Saifidi boys out for a couple of weeks now. It's going to really, really test Newcastle. They're going to need Adam Elliott to stand up. So hopefully he can keep that form up. Wow, what about this game? The late game coming to you from Perth. The Cronulla Sharks, 26 points to 16. Um, We sort of said in our preview, we had a feeling about the Sharkies. The reason why we had a feeling 
was because Totola and Harm Saleh are so important to this South Sydney Rabbitohs team. And now off the back of those two being injured, they've got more injuries to middle forwards. So very, very big test for the South Sydney Rabbitohs over the next few weeks. They're sitting in eighth place at the moment. They've got to buy in two weeks' time. Uh, so it's not all negative, but geez. This is a loss that they would not have anticipated and a loss that I, that I probably didn't expect. I know, I know we tipped the Cronulla to take them with the uh, take them with the start and whatnot, but I did not expect them to win in the fashion they did. It took the it took the South Sydney Rabbitohs sixty minutes to score their first points, and by that point, it was twenty six nil essentially. The game was done and dusted. It was over. So. The Sharkies, very impressive. Uh, Hiroti came in. I, I think our boy Iro might have got an opportunity, but he was sick this week. So Hiroti came in, and my God, he took it with two hands. Uh, Katoa, what about the try he scored? Putting Latrell Mitchell on absolute ice skates. Freakish player, Katoa. And then Braden Trindle, shout out to him, coming into first grade, replacing Matty Moylan. Scored two tries in the second half. He is a guy uh, that is regularly criticised and whatnot. He's not the perfect footballer. But I do like Braden Trindle. I, I, I think he's a really handy little player. Um, Nico Hines went about his work as always. Just, God, he's a creative little footballer. Just, he's so good to watch. I love watching Nico. I, you know, me, me and Timmy were talking about during the week before this game. And, you know, we both expected South to win. We thought it would be a little bit closer than what people thought. But I couldn't believe the amount of people that sold Nico Hines in Supercoach. He is just so talented. I don't know how you can... To open your your Supercoach app knowing you don't have him. It just seems insane to me. Jesse Raymond got through a heap of work as well. He's got a bit of that Dane Gagai sort of about him. And I thought Sifatalakai was good as well. A guy that often gets criticised. Thought he did a couple of good things in this game. Um, I thought Wade Graham as well. He's obviously ageing and whatnot, but he did a couple of nice things as well. So a good game from Wade. I believe it was game 250 for Wade Graham, so shout out to him. I thought it was funny too. I'm not sure how many people picked up on it, but the South Sydney Rabbitohs on, during the day, they actually uploaded a video of an old Chris Sando video and they just sort of said how good was Chrissy Sando but if you actually watch the tape he's versed in Cronulla and Wade Graham throws in intercepts so on the day of Wade Graham's 250th South Sydney Rabbitohs uploaded a video of him throwing in intercepts so Wade had the last laugh though got it done South Sydney Jesus I did not see this coming I like it wasn't so much to me that they lost. That wasn't ideal, but it was how they lost. They just got played off the park early. Um, and they managed to sort of, you know, score a few tries late. They then lost Tom Burgess. They're going to be without him for a few weeks. So now they're going to be without Totola, Harmsele, Tom Burgess. Jai Arrow also left this game with back spasms, I believe, but apparently he's picked up an ankle injury as well. So they could be without their four middles, South Sydney. And as I've been saying on this podcast for six weeks now, when they're missing one of those middles, they really struggle. Now they're missing all four. The next few weeks are going to be very, very interesting for South Sydney. Uh, look, Cam Murray, he worked his ass off all night, as did Damian Cook. Alex Johnson did a couple of good things as well, created a few opportunities. I felt a bit sorry for Ty Munro in moments. He came up with a couple of errors, a couple of missed tackles and whatnot. There was a few things he did where you could see that talent once again. Um, And you know what? 26 points to 16. They got themselves back in it. They created enough opportunities late South Sydney. Like, there was another one where Campbell Graham got over. He wasn't quite able to get the ball down. A very tight one. A few down the left edge as well. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I personally think the, the better team won well and truly. Cronulla played better over the entire 80 minutes. And South Sydney, not only did they lose the two points, they had to go all the way to Perth to fucking do it. 
and now they've lost even more middles. So the back end of this season is going to be very, very interesting. Puts a lot of pressure on your Havili's, your Cam Murray's, um, your David Mawali's, Cartwright's, Cheekham's, these sort of guys, Jacob Hosts. Uh, so it is going to be a huge, huge test. I almost wonder if they move Colum and Tungy into the middle. It might be the play for South Sydney because I'm just I'm not sure where they're going to get that punch from and they might need him in there. Not sure who they play next week. I'm just going to have a look. South Sydney. I feel like it's a reasonably tough game off the top of my head. I'm not sure. Actually, no, they, they, they had a pretty good draw, didn't they? Hold on. I'll get you South Sydney. So next week, the Bunnies play the Dragons. Okay, that might be their saving grace. But I'll tell you what, $1.10 for South Sydney missing all their middles is ridiculous. The Dragons are at $7 at the moment. Have a serious look at that, guys, and take the start on that because I promise you that game will be closer than what everyone is anticipating. Uh, let's go to Sunday afternoon footy. The Parramatta Eels 26 over the Dragons 20. And this was a bizarre game of football. It really was. The first 10 minutes... I honestly thought Parramatta were going to win this 60-0. They looked red hot. Dylan Brown looked amazing. Bryce Cartwright, it looked like he was playing Harold Matthews again. He was killing it. The young bloke scored on on debut. Shout out to him, Arthur Miller-Steven. I've never seen him play before, so that was really exciting to watch him for the very first time. And at the 10-minute mark, I honestly thought this was going to be a case of how many uh, for the Parramatta Eels. I thought they were going to blow it away. And then all of a sudden... The Dragons just found a heap of fight, and they scored every single try through Ravalawa. He scored in the 19th, the 25th, the 38th, and the 49th. We tipped to you. The two guys to get on in this game were Ravalawa and Zach Lomax. We knew that Parramatta left edge was the one to attack. Little did we know Ravalawa was going to score four tries, and I'll tell you what... If you can do yourself a favor and go back and watch the highlights or whatever, he could have had six in this game. He got very close to another two or three. So, Ravalawa, fuck, if you put him in a top-shelf side, it's scary what he could achieve because, good God, he's a good player. Uh, Benny Hunt, some of his ball playing to get him over was fantastic. Tyrell Sloan, I thought he had a really good game as well. There was, there was some runs that Sloan took in this game that if I was the coach, I would sit down with him and I would watch that again and again and again and just explain to him or point out to him, mate, if you go that hard in every single game, the opportunities you will create will be fucking endless. But we need to get that every single week from Sloan, which we're simply not getting at the moment. Uh, but the St. George of Dragons, I thought they put up a fantastic fight in this game um, and got pretty close towards the back end uh, to winning this one. Uh, obviously, missing Jack DeBell not ideal. Even like Jacob Little got a HIA at one point. They lost Francis Molo in the opening two minutes, so that completely fucked their rotation. Shout out to their main man through the middle, Blake Laurie. He played huge minutes in this game, got through a heap of work. 61 minutes, which is massive for Blake Laurie, but it was the work that he got through. I'm just trying to get his stats up, and as per usual, the NRL.com site has shit itself. Um, 20 runs, 170 metres. Um... 39 tackles. Very, very imp- impressive. Blake Laurie got through a stack of work there. So, yeah, to lose Francis Molo, and that's after not having Jack DeBellin, made life very, very difficult. For Parramatta, Bryce Cartwright, his first 10 minutes was great. His last 10 minutes was fantastic. The middle section, a few errors and whatnot in there. You know, as we know, Bryce can produce. 
Uh, but I thought his game was pretty solid. Junior Bolo scored a brilliant try for Ryan Madison pass. I thought Maddo was really strong in this game as well. Did a number of good things, as did Jermaine Hopgood. He got through his work. Um, they're just such a strong forward pack, and they're so hard to handle. Between Cartwright, Madison, Junior Bolo, Hopgood, they can all offload. They can all run over the top of you. They're all strong as an ox. They're just such a hard forward pack to handle when, when they're going forward. I thought Dylan Brown was brilliant. He looked very, very sharp in his first game back to Brown. He's going to be a real handful over the next few weeks. Gutho, very good as well. Did a number of very good things. Clint Gutherson. So a guy that I've got in my Supercoach team, I'll probably be moving him on this week, but I think he scored 80-odd in this game. Exactly what I needed for him, which was very, very good. Mitch Moses, a little bit more quiet in this game, but it was the other guys that did all the work, so he didn't really have to stand up all that much. Um, yeah, I think that'll do us for that game. The Dragons did very well to hang in the contest. I thought they were going to get blown off the park early. One, because Francis Molo was gone, so they were down another middle after not having Jack DeBellin, and the Parramatta Eels looked red hot, and they handled themselves very well. All right, let's move to the last game. The Canberra Raiders fucking shock me. The Raiders win 1-12. You wouldn't have heard about it. 22-18 over the West Tigers. Four-point victory. It was ugly as as all hell, as per usual, with the Canberra Raiders. Um, I, I don't know how they are just so comfortable doing this all the time. Jack Wyden with one of the great rocks and diamonds games you will ever see. Throwing intercepts, throwing shit over the sideline, creating tries the next minute, line breaks. Just such a typical Jack Wyden performance. Put in a kick at one point that nine times out of ten goes dead and is the worst kick of the game. Instead, it bounces on its point and goes over back over the head of the defense and Sebastian Chris dives on it. He got injured in this game, Seb Chris, but some of the stuff he did, the individual try that Seb Chris scored, I'm not sure if he will have a better highlight in his career. Uh, very impressive stuff. Joe Tapanay, Corey Horsburgh, absolutely smashed it as they always do through the middle. Tapanay was everywhere. I also thought Josh Papalit was very good. He's obviously an age body, but he was very strong. Rapano jumped into fullback, did a couple of very, very nice things. Kind of some very big plays there. Hudson Young was good as well. Matty Timoko, good things. Fogarty, he controlled the ruck as well. Um, look, this Raiders team, they're just so unorthodox and so almost painful to watch at times, but they're just comfortable winning ugly, and I think that's just who they are, and they're embracing it, and they're happy being that side. It feels like they've been playing finals footy for 25 weeks now. It is just wild, the Canberra Raiders, but they come home with the two points. That was all they needed to do. Doesn't matter how they get them. They just need to keep fucking getting them, because if they start to drop that for and against, it's going to kick them in the dick in an instant. So they just need to keep hanging in there like they did today, the Canberra Raiders. The West Tigers... Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. I'll be honest with you, there was a couple of moments where he got it wrong, but I thought Luke Brooks had a really, really good game today. And if I was a Manly fan, I know Luke Brooks has been the guy to bag for a long time, but fuck, I think if you understand rugby league and you are, and you watched him properly today, I think you can still appreciate that there's a footballer in there. There's a kid that is worth having a crack at, Luke Brooks. Did some really good things. Not for Luma. 
He came up with a pass at one point. He took an intercept off Jackie Boy White, and he got run down and threw a fantastic pass to Brooksy in the middle. Um, sort of makes it look easy on TV, but executing that pass properly, landing it on Brooksy's chest at full pace. It was the only way they were going to score that try, and he nailed it. Nofaluma, I am often... Very critical of him and whatnot, but he had a good game today. He did some really nice things. Appy was everywhere. He was brilliant. David Clemmer really muscled up with those big boys. Uh, Johnny Bayman got booed left, right, and center from the crowd, but he held his own throughout this game. thought Dane Laurie did a couple of really nice things, did a couple of average things as well. Bit of a mixed bag from him. Uh, but, yeah, look, the West Tigers, they were in it right up until the dying seconds of this game, right up until the back end of it. But it did just feel like a typical Raiders game where it's ugly, it's close, but I never really felt like the Raiders were going to lose this one. So, Tigers, it's so hard. We say the same thing every week. There's positive to take out of it. Don't be too disheartened. But at the end of the day, still another L on the board. Uh, So, West Tigers fans, you obviously can't be happy. But, uh, yeah, I I wouldn't be pulling my hair out about this one. I thought your side was really brave, did some really good things, put a lot of pressure on the Canberra Raiders. Uh, who are just, they're hard to defend the Raiders because they're so unorthodox. It's like they don't know what they're about to do. So how the fuck are you uh, as, as a defensive unit meant to work out what they're going to do, you know? Just such a rogue little footy side. I haven't really seen a team like them before that is this consistently successful too. It is it is just bizarre. It's wild. Because you, you, like, you want to almost say they get lucky every week, but then they do it every single week. And it's not like they get lucky in different ways every week. They do the same thing every single week. It's always unorthodox. It's always weird kicks. It's always second-phase footy. It's always Jordan Rapana doing something fucking weird. Great ball playing to put Matty Timiko over. I love when you see guys play through the line like that. And uh, Rapana, his footy awareness is so much higher than what we give him credit for, and you could really see it in that moment. Uh, so Ricky Stewart, he'll be happy to walk away with that one. I think they had an injury to Seb Chris. They had a couple of HIAs as well. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see how they cover that next week for the Canberra Raiders. Uh, guys, that will do us for our rapid review. Plenty more content coming this afternoon from Bloke in a Bar. It will all be on the Rugby League Guru podcast this afternoon. <laughs>